Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we're breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch the Sunday blues. Welcome to the No More Mondays movement. Hello and welcome to this encore edition of No More Mondays. I'm your host, Angie Callen, here to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I selected this episode of No More Mondays to re-air because A, I love Jovan Glasgow and B, I love how much inspiration he and I packed into such a short conversation. If you've got big goals for 2023, Jovan will inspire you to act through a jam-packed conversation filled with relatable stories, resources, tools, and activities you can use to thrive through adversity and work your way to the place you want to be in your career and in your life. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Remember to give thanks, eat an extra slice of pie, and enjoy this encore episode of No More Mondays. Think about this. The absolute worst life to live is a half-lived one. Let that sink in for a second. The absolute worst life to live is a half-lived one. In a country where we accept mediocre job satisfaction, poor management, toxic cultures, I think this statement should ring pretty true for a lot of you, and it just so happens to be Jovan Glasgow's simple but significant motto to life. Jovan is a motivational speaker, leadership coach, author, and social entrepreneur, and he has spent the last 10 years working for some big-time organizations. If you want me to name drop a few, we've got the Green Bay Packers, Kaiser Permanente, and T-Mobile, and we have the honor of learning from him today. Here to enlighten us, challenge us, inspire us, and empower us. I am so excited to welcome Jovan Glasgow to the No More Mondays family. Jovan, welcome to the show. Angie, I am so excited, so elated to be here. Let's go. Let's exactly. Let's go. <laughs> and I have to give everybody out there a little background info. I actually uh, met Jovan and had the pleasure of hearing him speak at a conference recently. And I've mentioned this conference a few times in uh, podcast recordings because it was the first conference. I had been to in years and I had kind of forgotten how much my extroverted self needed to go to a room of strangers and, and kind of work a room. And um, and I have to I just have to give you a compliment. I didn't tell you when I when I saw you at the conference, Javon, that I I'm the one in the audience who's like super hypercritical of speakers, probably overly so, if I'm honest. And I was just blown away by how you kicked us off. And I knew that you would have such great insights um, here. And I would love for you to just give us your wisdom, but I also would love for you to tell us a little bit about your story. So I'll stop talking and would love for you to take it away for a few and kind of tell everybody out there a little bit about you and kind of give us your elevator pitch. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled by, by, by obviously the experience that you had. I had a great time as well. Um, Javon Glasgow, originally from the beautiful Caribbean island of Antigua. And so if you don't know where that is, that's southeast of Puerto Rico. Um, great food, great fun, amazing culture. And our claim to fame is our 365 beaches. That's like our thing. You can go to one a day for a year. That's exactly what we tell the tourists. I don't know if I've ever seen <laughs> 365 beaches, but that's our claim to fame. So I'm going to go with it. Um, originally from the islands, obviously grew up in a really humble 
humble beginnings, um, mom and dad and I have a younger sister. And at about the age of 18, you know, my parents wanted me to have an opportunity that they didn't have. So they made a decision to send me off to the best place to send a young boy struggling with puberty and identity. They sent me to Miami, Florida, right in the heart of South Beach. <laughs> so, yeah, I went to school in Miami, graduated with a degree in aeronautical engineering. Nothing to do with what I do, I'm doing now. Uh, but my mom is still proud. But yeah, a little bit of backstory about me, of course. I worked in, I worked with a few corporations in different leadership roles, and I was doing a lot, really successful, uh, climbing what I called at the time the corporate ladder, but realized I was working 60 hours a week and going home every night to drink a bottle of wine. Not a glass, but a bottle, right? And really, at, at, at that point in my life, realized that there was so much more to life. I wasn't truly fulfilled, and I saw so many of my peers kind of struggling with the same thing. And I don't want to give it away too early, but, you know, my father ended up passing away from Kalanja carcinoma. And I think my father's death put life in perspective for me and really put me on a journey of discovering the power of being fulfilled and living life on purpose, for purpose, and achieving without sacrificing. Or let me say it this way, achieving without sabotaging. And so that put me on a journey over the last decade to really study, like, how do we truly align, achieve more and compromise less? And so that's led me to what I do now as a motivational keynote speaker, author, coach, social entrepreneur. And as you obviously alluded to, had the opportunity to work with some of the some of the giants in the space, you know, and just truly passionate, obviously, about what I do. And so grateful to be here. I have an opportunity to talk to you in the audience. Well, and there's a lot of, there's some key points in there. I want to dig into it a little bit deeper because I think it's common for, let's say that kind of precipitating event to really, uh, you know, put things in perspective, but I have to go back a little bit because, you know, we share, we share a, a very, a, a similar oddity and that's that we're both former and we both were former engineers, went to engineering school mm-hmm. and kind of worked in the space from a, from a career path perspective. What did that ladder look like and how did it lay the foundation for what is is this motivational speaking and the work that you're doing today? I realized graduating from college that engineering to some degree was more of my parents' passion. What I was really passionate about was people. And so I had a decision to make after graduating. Was I going to continue down the path that obviously you know, my parents invested in, or was I going to really lean into the heart of of what I wanted to do? And more importantly, why I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And here's the truth, Andy, I would have probably went down the road of engineering, gone to do avionics, had it not been for the death of my father. That's the truth. That really shifted my perspective in such a way that I, I just couldn't, I could not not respond by by helping and, and serving and giving. Like it really just opened up my lens to some degree. But at first, I ended up working for, you know, a, a company out there, giant in the space, and they had an amazing management trainee program. So I told myself, well, the path to development was obviously learning how to manage and how to develop people. So I thought that that was the best place to start my career, which it was. The only thing, they didn't feel the same way about me that I felt about them. So I applied for a company's called Enterprise Run a Car for the management trainee program. I applied three times, and I always say this, that they denied me six. Right? <laughs> Um, <laughs> There's so many job seekers out there going, oh my gosh, it's not just me. <laughs> 100%. Because I do what we all do. When we get denied, we deny ourselves. So we really deal with double denial. So that's how I interpret it, right? Anyway, um, I realized they weren't denying me. They were denying the resume me. 
And so I came up with this elaborate plan to apply to be a car detailer because I told myself if I can get in the, the door, I can I can sell myself. And so <laughs> I applied to wash cars and they called me the very next day. <laughs> uh, I remember the call. It was like, hey, Javon, we just got your resume. It looks great. Uh, we actually have a position here, and at that time I was living in the Florida area, South St. Petersburg, and we think that you'd be great for the job. You know, would you like to interview? I was like, absolutely. Um, Angie, I showed up the next day in a suit. Um, I had a tie. I was dressed to the nines. I still remember the manager's face because she was looking at me like, I know why you're here, but <laughs> do you know why you're here? Do you know? Are we are we talking right. the same language here? <laughs> Right. But but I knew I knew it wasn't the job I wanted. Right. And so I went in there with an intent to about 20 minutes into the interview. She kind of looked at me. She's like, Javon, why have you never applied for the management trainee role? Because you're so qualified as like I have. But you guys denied me six times after applying three. So <laughs> I left that interview with actually the next interview set up for the management trainee role. Interestingly enough. I was hired within about 30 days to be a management trainee. Within six months, I became an assistant manager. By year one, I was a branch manager, rocking it, top manager in the region. And it's just kind of become, I guess, the testament of my life that whenever I made a decision or a commitment to pursue a certain path, for some reason, I always had to go through what I call the back door. But I understood it wasn't so much just about the door that I went through, but it was my intent and my focus to really, you know, maximize the opportunity. And sometimes you have to think if if you had been if you had been, you know, accepted on the third round, mm-hmm. would would the path have been the same? You know what I mean? Like there's a all. reason that that all played <laughs> out the way it did. I, I think at the end of the day, what it really instilled in me, even at that young age, transitioning from college to life, was that. You know, you can have a belief in, in skill set, believe in where you are and, and who you are. And that I think it's paramount. I think it's super important. Um, but you, you, you can't ever be ignorant to the fact that your belief system may not always translate. Right. And so you can't allow any form of rejection to cause you to feel rejected to yourself. And so on that path, I really learned that the essence of life wasn't necessarily looking at no as a rejection of my capabilities, but realizing that no really stands for new opportunities. And so it really put me on a path of understanding that when somebody tells me no, I don't ask, I don't really hear it as (laughs) N-O. I hear it as K-N-O-W. Right. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> There's maybe something you don't know yet, or maybe something I don't know yet. So it's always an opportunity for a different opportunity, if that makes sense. Javon, we may have just stumbled on the title of this episode. No means no. <laughs> Come on. Come on. That's a really, I mean, it's a good way to think about it because a lot of people that rejection, especially, you know, we have a lot of job seekers that listen to the the show or people that just want to be inspired to, to know that you can be satisfied in your career. And it's really easy to get caught up in the rejection that our, the professional aspects of our lives can, can set up, whether you're job seeking and you just have to go through that very inherent part of the process, or you don't get a promotion or, you know, whatever it may be, but there's, but like you said, it's not just no, there's something you can know from that experience. Just like mm-hmm. when something mm-hmm. doesn't go your way and we like to attach the word failure from it, you're still learning from it. There's still a takeaway. You don't typically come up empty handed. And that's really where you kind of persevered and knew that if I'm going to set this intention, I'm going to figure out every angle to work until I see see it through. 
100% because it, go, it goes deeper than that. I think what's important in life is that we, we have to be rigid, steadfast. Let me put it in. We have to be steadfast about our why. The why is where you need to be steadfast. But I think we need to be fluid about the what and the how. Let me say that again. We need to be really steadfast about the why. I was committed to the why. I knew that I wanted an opportunity to be able to impact lives on a greater scale. I knew that in order for me to do that, I would have to gain the experience and knowledge that was necessary. I was steadfast to the why that I was going to dedicate the rest of my life to challenging, inspiring, and empowering others. Maybe not using those words at that time because my vernacular wasn't as extensive. However, I was not, I was really fluid with the, with the what and the how. Because if I if I become so steadfast in what it needs to look like and how it actually happens, what I'm really doing, I'm setting myself up for disappointment. The definition of a disappointment is unmet expectations, right? And so sometimes what we're really rejected, what we, why we're feeling a level of rejection is because of the story that we've told ourselves as to how it should go. And so I learned to let go of my story and really maximize the present moment, learn from it. I'm not changing my why. My why evolves, don't get me wrong, but the core and the heart of my why is the same, but I'm fluid about the what and the how. So my original intent was that I was going to apply once and they were going to hire me and I was going to climb up the ranks and I was going to be CEO. <laughs> but um, In actuality, they said no three times. Had I allowed that rejection to deter me, I would have went a different path. And a lot of who I am today and what I do today and the level to which I do it, I really credit to the organization and the experience that I had there. So it taught me a really good lesson in life is that no and O for me means K-N-O-W. <laughs> and it really created a foundation for you that has supported what you do now and it, and what you mm. and what and what you're doing in, in the work with these organizations and in inspiring and empowering people is very much rooted in, in experiences and things that you learned during that time. So it's not irrelevant. 100%. It, 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 it's really taking all of the pieces of my life to create a masterpiece, right? And, and, and that is the answer to why I'm where I'm at right now. And, and I think I have this hybrid relatability because I'm not speaking to a company or organization or team from, from a whole different perspective. Uh, perspective or, or spectrum, you know, I'm, I'm speaking like I'm like I'm in the room, like I'm in those conference rooms, like I'm in that one on one meeting because I remember what it was like to be there. And so it gives me just this powerful way to relate. And I think that's a good message out there for anybody who is thinking about particularly kind of starting a business or who has that idea of, oh, I'd really like to go do this thing. But what experience or credentials do I have? And one of the things I tell them, and you're very living proof and 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 kind of conduct your life and business in a, in a way that I think does justice to this idea that you don't necessarily have to have the most grand idea. You don't have to have a different idea, but you have, you have a, a, a perspective and a purpose in delivering it to the world. And if you have life experiences that you've been through, that very much can translate into your why. And I think sometimes we're not very intentional about figuring out what that is. And it's easy to just kind of go on blinders and I make my money so I can afford my house and all that kind of stuff. However, if you can, if you can really get to the heart of it, you'll know how you want to serve people and what you have to give to them because you hit the nail on the head with the empathy component of it. Is that if all you have to be is a step ahead of somebody 
and they really can resonate with you and connect with you because they feel that you understand where they're at because you've been there as well versus somebody that's so far and away above or beyond that you don't feel like they actually quite get what you're going through. It's the difference between somebody who is in presentation mode and in doing so, they're more focused focused on being impressive than being effective. And there's a difference between both. I think when you really think about what it takes to be effective, it means that to some degree I have a connection to and I'm convicted by the problem that I'm solving because I've walked the path. So I learned in this life that we ought not to discredit our path. We have a unique path. We have a unique purpose. And if we align with both, we, we can embrace a unique promise. And oftentimes we, we attempt to compartmentalize parts of us, right? While we try to, I guess, lean into what we would assume to be the best parts of us. But the whole picture is what makes, makes the picture beautiful. The whole thing is what makes the picture beautiful. So I, I look back through my life and my journey and even what I realized too, I always had the desire to impact people and to do it in a, in, a, in a meaningful way. And I realize now in being a coach, a lot of people who may be working in a professional setting or have a career and saying, Javon, I think it, I think I want to get out. I want to, I want to start my own business. I'm just tired of this. I would challenge that thought process. I don't think everybody really wants to be an entrepreneur. I think most people just want to be a part of something they believe in. I think that's very well said. Mm -hmm. If they can't find that, they believe that, okay, maybe that's an indication that I need to go create a venture or create a thing. And I think it's an important message just even practically that not everybody is wired for entrepreneurship and some people are hardwired for entrepreneurship, but it's about finding which one works for you and aligns with your mm -hmm. values and the, and the impact that you want to have in the world and being part of that, whether somebody else has created it or you're going to go develop it yourself. And I think there's a myth around entrepreneurship that it's important for me to elaborate on a bit. We, we view entrepreneurship as just a solo endeavor, but I learned <laughs> the hard oh. way. That, right? <laughs> Woo. Um, Takes an army. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> the, the, the entrepreneur is really the person who may establish or be birthed with the vision, but they still need the provision. And so even though you lead the charge as an entrepreneur, the truth is you can never complete that thing, that vision, that assignment without a team, without individuals. So I view sometimes, sometimes it's, 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 it's entrepreneur and intrapreneur and, and those two dynamics and understanding it's, there's a problem that this movement or this organization self align with my, with my why. And when I think about the organization's values and get clear on my values, is there alignment there too? So I always encourage anybody before you jump up and say, nope, I'm going to go start my own thing. Really evaluate the heart posture behind that because the, I guess the next part of, of where I would go in a minute and what I spoke about a bit at the event was that adversity will definitely show you who you are, right? Oh, and so oh sometimes, you just cued yep. me up so perfectly because this is where we were going next. And I tell people all the time that there is no better journey into self-discovery than mm. entrepreneurship. Mm. So good. That experience will <laughs> so bear <good>. your raw. <laughs> so good. You know, what you talked about at the conference and I think is a core message that that you put out is this idea of thriving through adversity. It just like my little hairs were standing up and it um, I would I would love for, for you to share why that's a message that's so important to you and just your personal experience with kind of overcoming that adversity to really find the purpose in the sweet spot. Sure. It's been the story of my life. I don't think there's a person in this world who will not experience some form of adversity 
at some point or in some area of their lives. And it's important that we are equipped not only with the mindset and the skill set and the heart set to address adversity, but to understand that adversity has this way of crippling or paralyzing to some degree or even derailing, disempowering. Or it can make you. It can create an opportunity for breakthrough. There's a lot of things that adversity has the power to do. Um, but I think naturally what happens is that after adversity or sometimes even during adversity, we can default to a setting of surviving. Okay. So default setting after adversity, after we've been rocked or shocked is to survive. And what happens is that when we survive as a result of going through something that's adverse, meaning something that works in conflict to your desire or your desired state, you can quickly go into a default setting of surviving. And for most of us, we don't understand when it happens. And the truth is we can normalize a survival paradigm, a survival mindset. And so we move through the rest of our lives surviving in areas when the truth is we were created to thrive. And so we settle for good enough at the cost of great because it is a challenge for us to understand that, man, I can still live even after I may have lost something that was such an important part of my life, right? Or I still have purpose even though I'm in the face of great problems. And so the core message here is that adversity will happen. It's inevitable that we're going to experience some form of adversity. But it's important for us to understand how to truly cope with, not necessarily after, but how do we really, how do we really gain the perspective we need to know how to maneuver through adversity? And more importantly, as we go through adversity and even after adversity, how do we get back to thriving, even using that adversity as a catalyst to greater acts or actions versus allowing that adversity to kind of derail us. It's been the story of my life because I can't tell you how many, how many times I've worked with people, even in my own life, that I resorted to surviving after adversity. And that showed up in the way in my relationships, it showed up in my finances, it showed up in the way I did business and in, in, in my professional career at one point. So that's really the heart behind why I do what I do. And that stems from obviously my personal story. And I think what you described to kind of bring this all full circle is the idea of just just trying to figure out how to cope or overcome the adversity instead of figuring out how to leverage it. I refer to this this quote a lot, but Robin Roberts, when she was going through cancer, decided to be very transparent about it. And she coined the term, make your mess your message. And oftentimes mm -hmm. there is knowing in in the actual nature of the adversity that really can become something beautiful on the other side. But if all you do is kind of figure out how to manage or cope with the adversity, now we get into the half-lived life and the absolute mm. worst life to live is a half-lived one. 100%. And I can only speak confidently to that because I have viewed and embraced adversity as a gift, right? Adversity does a couple of things. Number one, adversity is an indication of where I have character flaws. And so when you go through life and you run into adverse situations, the way that you react when life deals you a hand that you didn't have in your five-year plan is an indication of where we can continue to grow in character. On a deeper level, adversity is essential for relational sifting. 
Here's, here's what that means. You know, come on now. You know I love who's your terminology your life. for stuff. It's like, <laughs> it's so engineering. It's so creative engineering. Yeah. You, you, it, it, adversity allows you to clearly decipher who's in your life for your position versus your potential. Okay. And it's so important sometimes because we have no way of really deciphering something that's so important to the overall fulfillment of our lives is our relationship. And so adversity allows you to understand, man, are you here when things are great or are you here because, listen, this is just where we're at and we have that commitment to each other. The other thing I think that's important too, and I've learned in my life, adversity is purpose that is sometimes disguised as a problem, right? Oh wow! Um, losing, That's yeah, l- losing my f- losing my father was such a was was such a painful thing for me. But the truth is, and I'm I'm probably gonna get deep here in a minute. Um, my father, to some degree, had to die for so many other people to live, and I know that's difficult to say, but I can say it confidently because I've healed. The truth is, my father passing away put me on this journey of really discovering, yo, how do you align and live life purposefully and passionately? How how do you usually how do you really go after fulfillment versus chasing happiness? And from that, I'm able to use my gift and my skills to be able to share a message that has helped so many people either turn back from depression or self-harm or just existing through life. And seeing the impact that was made from my father's death. Is something that's been so powerful because my father's death in my life used to end with a period. There used to be a period after his death. Now there's a comma because that pain in my life does not end as a pain. That pain now ends at more purpose, more healing, more fulfillment, more impact. And so it's one of the things that I've really just encouraged folks to do is really how do you use your your pain how do you use the thing that that bothers and frustrates you and really really to some degree irritates you how how do you use that thing to ultimately unlock and unleash more purpose because it's the difference between doing something with conviction and just really going through the motions of doing the thing and so that's why I'm, that's where my passion comes from because it's the story of my life if that makes sense so that's, oh absolutely that's really a, a it's a it. it's a catalyst and now in a yes. good way it's creating a chain reaction Yes. Yes. I love it. So good. So you said something and I, I like to give, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> um, there, the, I would love for us to give a little bit of practical advice to everybody out there listening. So somebody Absolutely. who feels like they're just really stuck in the mire or they may just be stuck in some sort of hamster wheel or they're really just in the thick of it right now. What kind of, what practical tools or piece of guidance do you have to help them beginning you know, to move forward and, and maybe take that blessing and channel it into something good? What's a, what's a, a, an action they can take? Absolutely. The first premise is to understand and we'll build practically off of this is that your beliefs drive your behaviors. So your belief system, your core belief ultimately drives your behaviors. And so what has to happen, because when you're going through a rut or you're in a cycle of mess or you're going through adversity, The frequency and omnipresence of adversity, what that means is frequency, like a marching band of problems, one after the next, or omnipresence, meaning it seems to be happening in every part of your life. Like everywhere you turn, you see adversity. Frequency and omnipresence of adversity can make you believe that you are what you're going through. And you'll never overcome what you feel connected to. So practically, one of the things that must occur first to address your belief system that will ultimately change your behaviors 
is to focus on these three E's, these three E's that I'm going to give. Every single day, this is the focus. My experiences, my environment, and my exposure. So my experience, my environment, and my exposure. Let me break this down. These three E's create your perception, the way you view the world, the way you view things, if that makes sense. And your perception is what drives your actions. And your actions create your reality, and your reality actually fuels your belief system. So practically, the thing that we're not always intentional about are how am I, how, how am I really aligning and focusing on my ease on a day-to-day basis? What experiences am I having first thing in the morning when I wake up? What does that actually look like? Am I turning straight to the phone? Am I jumping on, on the news? You know, what, what, what's happening as soon as I go from um, um, knocked out and sleeping to getting ready to set the tone for my day? And the second thing, where's my environment? Is my environment conducive to where my desire, like where I want to go and what I want to do? And then the third thing, what am I exposing myself to? We would be so surprised of understanding the things that we watch or listen to or read on Mm -hmm. a day-to-day basis, consciously or subconsciously, how much that actually has a a, a play on our overall well-being. So those three E's practically something that I'd always encourage anybody that wants to start a journey of really being able to rebound or to reignite their fire, to look at those E's and realize that those E's are always happening. Like they're happening without you even doing anything. You're being exposed to stuff. You're in certain environments and you're having certain experiences. The goal now is to become intentional about your E's so that your E's ultimately disagree to some degree right your existing ease must disagree with your new ease so they're the complete opposite in some cases um that's like a really practical simple and sometimes the simplicity of it can make you not understand the significance because it can go so much deeper but that's the first thing i would say evaluate those ease and are those ease aligning with your fulfillment or or, or are those ease aligning with your happiness can i go here for a minute yeah, of course. You can go. You can go anywhere you want. <laughs> I believe one of the problems we have is that we have been wired to chase happiness. Yeah. And maybe even a skewed like a skewed definition of that word. Yeah, right. But let me let me break down a, a thought here I have. Ha- happiness to some degree is not a it's not a bad thing. I'm talking about priorities here. So here's where I'm going with this. Happiness is a possession, a position or a level of prominence is a thing. Right? Fulfillment is being something. It's being whole and complete, not lacking anything. So happiness is a thing. Fulfillment is being something. Now, when we prioritize pursuing fulfillment, everything that we used to chase for happiness now begins to chase us. But it chases a whole and complete us so it can never define us. But when we build our life on chasing happiness first, when the things go, because remember, to some degree, happiness is connected to a thing, so do we. Yeah. So why I'm on this journey of really addressing your fulfillment, being whole and complete, not lacking anything, is because I believe that when we truly get to that level of fulfillment, we can clearly ascertain our heart's desires, what we really want, what is really, what's our, our pursuit, why are we pursuing the things that we do? Because remember, money makes us happy, but money doesn't lead, it follows, Right relation all these different things follow and so the question is are you the person that money would follow 
the type of things that you want, you know, are, are you a fulfilled version of you where those things would follow you? So it will never define you because it doesn't make you. Yeah. And if it's all stripped away, you at, at the root, you are still there and you still know who you are. And that's the difference. 100%. So that's why adversity allows you to tap into your creativity versus seeing that adversity or going through that adversity and now being paralyzed by it. Because you know that you are not necessarily what you have, but you are who you are, regardless of what you have. And in my experience, in my my quite literal life experiences with this subject, I find that the level of adversity then almost becomes, there's like diminishing levels of return on it over time to the point that like something that would have broken you five years ago is a roll off your back situation because you're much more grounded in who you are and know how to just kind of roll with it all and and deal with it and aren't, and don't feel like you have so many stakes to lose because it isn't about Mm -hmm. the like material things or anything like that. And so it's, it all, it's almost like conditioning in a way also. Right. And that is an indication that adversity in your life has served its purpose because adversity is life's classroom. And the, the, the degree that you gain from life's classroom through adversity is more courage, more perseverance, more substance. Here you go, folks. There is like you probably all, all written a novel of notes because a lot of this is uh, you and you also all need to go to jovanglasgow.com right now and book Jovan as the speaker at your next event because this is the kind of stuff you get. It's just amazing. How's that for a shameless plug for you? <laughs> but I love how <laughs> I love it just it. very um, it, it feels very personal, personal and intimate, which is what I like about it. But it really does give you food for thought to evaluate where you're at. I love this idea of taking stock of your experiences, your environment and your exposure and seeing what's in alignment, but then really seeing what isn't in alignment as a starting point to get that good old self adjusted back crack from, from, from the chiropractor of life. Um, so I think it's a, it's a fantastic tool, even if you don't necessarily know you're going through adversity, but something just doesn't like, you're just fine. The good old four letter F word, fine. Then maybe it's time to just take stock and see, you know, where you could thrive a little bit more or where there might be adversity you're not paying attention to that can feed into that. So good. So good. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Where uh so I like to give as many recommendations as possible and you're like 12 wealths of information. So uh how about we play a little game called rapid fire recommendations? Let's do it. Cool. It's not going to be fast because of the two of us. I know that. So uh tell me your most memorable travel destination. Most memorable travel destination would probably be Germany. Tell me why. I was on this highway. I don't remember what it's called. Maybe the Autobahn. Autobahn, and- yeah. Yes. And my parents have groomed me throughout my entire life to take my time when I'm driving, drive really slow. And that did not work out on that highway. <laughs> it does not like, work on the Audubon. <laughs> listen, everybody was blowing at me. I, I promised like some words were exchanged that I don't really understand, but it didn't sound pleasant. Uh, totally a different experience for me. And I, I was so upset because by the time I realized what was happening, I was literally coming off of the Audubon. So I want to definitely go back there and probably get a Porsche. Panamera next time. <laughs> Give us a great book recommendation. Great book recommendation, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. 
oh, I just love the title of that. Such a powerful book on just how we we sometimes get busy and, and the busyness of life really robs us of peace and fulfillment and, and how to really slow down so that you can ultimately be, be aligned and achieve more. What an amazing title. Oh, We Wear Busy is a badge of honor. Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. <laughs> Go put it in your Amazon yep. cart right now. What's your favorite movie? Taken. Taken is my favorite movie. I actually love that Liam Nielsen line when, well, you know what? It's between Taken and The Lion King. So in Taken, Liam Nielsen picks up the phone and he says, I don't know who you are and I don't know what you want, but if it's money you're looking for, I'll tell you right now, I don't have ransom. But what I do have is a very particular set of skills, skills that have acquired over a very long career, skills that make someone like me a nightmare for someone like you. If you let <laughs> my daughter go now, right that'll now. be the end of it. it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you and I will kill you. I love that. And I love Lion King too. My goal was to be uh, Mufasa on Lion King 3, but I don't think they're going to make another one. So, Oh, you would be a great voiceover for that. Yes. That Hello. line when he grabs um, Simba and, he, and Simba went off to the Pride Lands and he's like, um, Zazu, take Nala home. I have to talk to my son. I love that. That might have just <laughs> been your audition. Somebody out there listening, where, where's Amber Let's Jackson? She used to work for Disney. Somebody out there is listening and is going to go, oh, Let's Joe Blasco, replacement for James Earl Jones. <laughs> Love it. And uh, last recommendation we ask for, well, second to last recommendation is if you're a podcaster, give us a podcast that we should be tuning into. Sure. The Deeper Than Motivation podcast hosted by Javon Glasgow. Perfect. <laughs> ah, I didn't actually even know you had a podcast. So there you go. I just threw oh, you a yeah. bone. And then, of course, this is a show about Mondays. So what's the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday? Possibility. Possibility. Monday to me is a blank canvas. Monday is a open lot. Monday is an open space. Monday is not the end of a story, but the beginning of an opportunity to create history. So when I think about possibility, I think about a new date. You know, we view sometimes Monday as a continuation of Sundays, but technically it is. But when in actuality, Monday is a, is a catalyst for a brighter tomorrow. So when I think about Monday, I think about possibility. I have the greatest gift that I can ever ask for. And that's the, the, the gift of, a, of breath in my lungs and my heart kicking. I have everything I need to change the trajectory of my life. And so possibility says that in order for me to make a masterpiece, the truth is I need a mess, right? Or in order for me to build, I need pieces that are scattered. And so I have learned to look at the mess as a platform for a greater message, or I learned to look at the pieces that are not all the way there yet as a chance to grow and evolve and become. So Monday is possibility. But if you don't have perspective, Monday can look like problems, right? That's so very true. Possibility. Yep, exactly. And how do we get perspective? Three E's, everybody. It all comes together. Come I love Come this on. so much. Whenever Javon was done uh, speaking at the conference, I walked up to him and I said, we all want to know where you preach on Sunday mornings because we're all going to tune in. So that's <laughs> what you have to look forward to when you book him as a speaker. And actually, Javon, as we wrap things up, how do people follow your journey? Where do they find the podcast? How do they follow along in what you're up to learn about what you do as a speaker? How do we track you down? 
Sure. So website, I am JavonGlasgow.com or JavonGlasgow.com. They both get you to the same place. Um, I actually have an online community, um, px3coaching.com. That's really powerful stuff. And social media is the same thing. I am JavonGlasgow.com as well. Everybody should be tuning in. And uh, we will link all of that to the show notes. So if you are in the car and listening or couldn't feverishly write all of that, we will be sure to link it because uh, we're never letting this guy go from the No More Mondays family because this has been (laughs) amazing. And uh, let's get one more little gold nugget out of you before we say goodbye. What is your number one piece of advice on what everybody out there can do to get one step closer to career and life satisfaction? Absolutely. Stop pursuing perfection pursue progress and excellence, the pursuit of perfection really only produces one thing, and that's procrastination. Ultimately, when we pursue perfection, what we're really trying to do is get as clear as possible. Like we want extreme clarity, but it's important to understand that clarity is established at a moment or in a moment, but it's refined through movement. So ultimately, clarity can only really grow and we can only get to that level of clarity that ultimately gives us confidence by actually going and, and taking action and being in motion. So sometimes a mess, messy action is the greatest blessing of life. And when you're and when you're striving for perfection, you oftentimes don't act because of fear of not doing it exactly the way you envision or perfectly. And that is a great piece of advice. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I feel like there was a rap beat in there for a second. Maybe you have a third career after you voice over Mufasa as a as a as a as a positivity rapper. I don't know, maybe we'll create a new career track. <laughs> that might happen. If you do a feature with me, I got it. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. I can't sing, so I am not going to be on backup. We're good. We got out of tune. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Javon, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for being part of the No More Mondays movement and joining me on the show today. Literally, this could be like a 4-hour episode. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. We always love hearing from people who are not only navigating career crossroads and and life challenges themselves, but in Javon's case, helping others do that and really inspiring and empowering all of us to find our, our purpose. And so I really hope you'll go back to this episode and take some of the great suggestions to just take stock of where you're at because there's some great advice here. And I I think that we may have made a little impact together. So Javon, I'm so appreciative of your time today. Thank you again for being part of No More Mondays. And for all of you out there, I would love, love for you to subscribe to No More Mondays wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. It's a huge help as we continue to bring these kinds of amazing stories to the world. If you want to leave us comments, feedback, guest suggestions, or grab all the links and suggestions in uh, today's show notes, visit us online at nomoremondays.info. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your professional life and find career satisfaction. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info for all the details, show notes, and recommendations from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com. 